Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A headstrong, some might say bullish, one-year-old who has her own mind. The way a tutu looks with wellies and having neighbours I don't want to avoid. There are a million things I'm thankful for, but what's my guest thankful for today? traumatic event in any family does one of two things it pulls people together or it drives them apart kudos to mum and dad they created an environment for all of us where we were brought back together even more welcome to thanks a million i'm angela scanlon and this is the show that takes a sneaky look at my guest gratitude list to find out the things that shaped their lives today i'm going to chat to an old friend. Well, actually, he's someone I used to babysit. His name is Jack Kavanagh. And when he was little, my sister, who was really the chief babysitter in our house, older, couldn't do it. Or she got a better offer, one of the two. And I was drafted in. He had a shock of blonde hair and a set of plastic golf clubs that he was quite obsessive about. <laughs> and he loved sandwiches cut in quarters. And he was a very sweet and very bright little But something happened to him early in his life as an adult that was going to change his world forever. So just after I turned 20, I was on my first day of my holidays at the end of that summer with some friends. And as I'd done so many times before that day and that summer, I ran down the beach, dived into the water over a wave, and I didn't anticipate how shallow the water was on the far side and my head hit the bottom and in that moment I broke my neck. I was face down in the water, completely aware of what had just happened and really lucky that I had so much experience and training. I was a lifeguard as well, but I was face down and completely unable to move. And luckily my friends came, realized that he's not messing around here and took me from the water and yeah, the next couple of years were, were pretty interesting, you know, yeah. Yeah. because you go from this position where I never felt freer or more like I had the world at my feet. And then in an instant, that was like ripped away from me. Yeah. Um, I was literally thrown back into a childlike state. Like I woke up two days later um, after being air ambulanced from the beach to an intensive care unit and like I could remember waking up and becoming aware of my surroundings and counting the eight screws in the light fitting above my head and then realizing that my head was in a cage and that I had tubes going down my throat (coughs) to keep me breathing and my nose to keep me fed and sure god knows where else um and psychologically understanding that wow, this is this is a big, big challenge. Yeah, this is serious. But also, like, I can remember greeting one of my best friends, Gareth. He walked around the bottom of the bed in intensive care. He pulled the short straw, the first one, to come in to see me. And I'm greeted by this 
smiling but tear-filled face and I couldn't speak because I had tubes in my mouth but Mm. I found myself mouthing the words to him it's going to be okay so already at that point I'd, I'd made the initial decision wow this is a really challenging situation and so what was the first conversation that was had with you well look on the beach I was conscious and I I had an awareness like having had the training and a year of a health science degree under my belt you knew I said to the lads on the beach I said look I can't feel or move a lot of my body I could be paralyzed and of course like there's this moment oh you'll be grand you'll be grand like there's nothing going on and so I had that innate understanding But I was just so aware that, hold on, my life is only starting. And so at numerous points, I made very conscious decisions to say, you know what, as bad a situation as this is, I can use this and leverage this as an opportunity to learn about myself, to test my resolve, to go to the darkest places, the belly of the beast, and to come back from there as a changed person and to really see what I'm capable of and that has been a really interesting journey because never would I wish for anyone to go through that but when when I meet others that have been through a similar scenario I'm always trying to instill in them no matter what adversity you face you have to sit with it and feel the pain and suck that up and really acknowledge that but when you get through that rough period you can start making decisions to change the whole trajectory because like when you feel real pain mm. you have an appreciation and, and a sense of gratitude for the possibility that comes out of that actually so it's been an interesting journey and just for your listeners to give them a bit of context i am a wheelchair user now um i have about 15 percent muscle function Mm -hmm. so i'm actually paralyzed from the armpits down and i have use of my shoulders biceps and wrists uh, which doesn't sound like a lot but i do pretty well for myself for that yeah it's been a fun couple of years challenging um but I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it, actually. Okay. And I think that is a profound thing to say. Yeah. You, you'd often, in the early stages, you know, I had this moment and that repeated over the first couple of months where I would say, why me? Mm. And at that point, my dad uh, told me about something that happened so I had the accident in Portugal and himself and my mum flew over and on the plane my mum is like constant they didn't know what they were coming to and they knew I'd had a serious accident but they didn't know what scenario really was and on the plane my mum kept asking the question why Jack why would this happen to Jack and my dad said well, why not, Jack? Why should it have happened to anybody else on the beach? Mm. And so I found myself asking in the early days the question, why me? And by asking that question, I actually realized that I was making myself the victim of the scenario. And so I soon changed the question to say, well, why not me? 
this if I think about this the right way I can frame it as an opportunity as as bleak an opportunity a uh, starting point as it was but I could frame this as an opportunity and in that moment like I very consciously took responsibility for where I found myself okay. and made the decision not just to survive this but to like learn to grow and then to thrive out of it and and how how long after the accident was was that kind of switch in in mindset was there a period that you allowed yourself i suppose to kind of grieve oh yeah grief is the right word it's like any any yeah. challenge or adversity or trauma that anybody faces yeah. you do you go through the grieving process mm-hmm. um in the same way that you do when you when you lose someone and and that's very real like you feel you can feel all the emotions over an extended period of months and all in one day and then you have a great day and then you're back there again and this goes on you know and it's not a decision you just make once it's these are small decisions that are made repeatedly um but it's like over time that you really understand the shifts that can happen in your life when you when you move the needle Mm -hmm. and you start saying yes i can more often than no i can't or you choose to fight on more often than you give up or you choose to think of of the possibility rather than what has been lost mm-hmm. and like see you, the positive kind of rather yeah than as challenging it is as it is and that totally acknowledges that there is really challenging times yeah. but we all face setbacks we all face adversities we all face traumas and loss but i kind of think about it um like Everybody thinks in their lives they're going to go from A to B and is, isn't it a fairy tale story? Mm-hmm. But if you think about a heart rate monitor for a moment, if you go in a straight line from A to B, the game is over, oh, yes. you know? And so really what you want is like this nice pulse of ups and downs. And it's those pulses of ups and downs that are, you can think about them as like, the extremities of emotional experience in your life the high points the low points Mm -hmm. and it's that gap in between that gives us perspective and that allows us to actually like appreciate those like fleeting moments that you're like i am doing life well at the moment (laughs) you're doing life very well jack cavanagh seriously also what i'm struck by is when you talked about that moment where you thought I can use this, I can leverage this, is what you said. And almost this kind of, manic is the wrong word because it sounds too extreme, but like this uh, excitement almost at the potential to overcome what many would deem to be too big a challenge. Mm, Yeah, well... That you kind of have almost thought, fuck it, we're in, like this is... This is kind of, you know, it's a curveball, but like, imagine if I could deal with this. That is how it, when you, you know, the way you present it is almost like with an air of excitement. Well, I would totally agree with that because you don't, maybe you don't see it exactly like that in the moment. Mm. But when you look back and you start piecing together, you're like, wow, I have the fortitude within myself we all do or i have the tenacity to put up with day, that day to day imagine if i applied this in in 
constructive ways and imagine if I applied what I've learned from this like what is a smack in the face and we all have it whether it's like a breakup or a failed business venture or a boss that gives you an absolute grilling when it's nothing about you these things that you know set us back look everybody has their shit it's just boxed in different ways you know going down the street mine is very obvious but as I'm going down the street I don't realize that like Mary across the road is struggling with like crippling anxiety and barely was able to get out the door in the morning someone else is struggling financially another person is struggling with their sexuality and trying to come to terms with it another person their mother just got diagnosed with cancer everybody is hit with something at some stage and and it's all relative Mm -hmm. but when you go to those places and you come out the other side if you take a moment in that inflection point to actually think about what you've learned about yourself you kind of realize that you're capable of nearly anything mm-hmm. and, and that's powerful mm-hmm. that is powerful stuff that's the juice and that idea of of sitting with the pain where do you think because i think a lot of people I don't know whether that's a forced kind of situation or that mo- most people run away from that with one way or the other. The discomfort of of pain, no matter what, on what where it falls in the spectrum. Mm. Where do you think that kind of ability to sit into, as you say, that pain came from? Well, I use a wheelchair. I'm sitting all the time. <laughs> So, I mean, was it like, okay, actually, I've got nowhere to go? No. So there was, there was like a really, uh, there's a defined period when, when I can remember my whole body and mind was just screaming, this is horrendous. Okay. Horrendous. And I can remember in particular going down, it was my first holiday after uh, I left rehab. Um, so I left rehab in, I had the accident in August and I spent between seven and nine months in hospital and rehab. And I left rehab just as all my mates were sitting their exams in second year college. And um, following that, a lot of them went away on J1s. They needed to get on with their lives, but the thing was I'd been based in Dublin in rehab in the city for for the previous couple of months, and then I moved back home. A J1 for anyone who's not in Ireland is kind of a rite of passage, isn't it? You're in college, you go away in the summer, you get a part-time job. Living abroad, yeah. You You do all the silly things. Yeah, you sow your wild oats. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know what that meant previously, so maybe you don't do that. But anyway, so that's what J1 is. And so I found myself moving home, um, out into the country. All my friends, nearly all my friends were abroad Mm. and feeling more isolated than I ever had in my life. And I just slipped into this really dark place. Um, and it's this place where I 
for days at a time I couldn't make eye contact with people because I just didn't want to even for them to get any bit of an experience or a lens into sort of where I was at and for them to see or feel any of that pain it was really rough and I remember going down the west of Ireland and this place that used to represent such freedom to me and and just liberation and now experiencing it in a totally different way like I had nothing figured out at that stage and I can remember it was my I had my 21st birthday down there and I found myself surrounded by family and friends the most supportive people that you could imagine and feeling entirely disconnected from it and just sobbing uncontrollably at times and then at times being just so numb that I couldn't even couldn't even hope to express what I was feeling and out of that then I started to come back and surrounded by good people was a big help Uh, but you start to come back out of that and you really do sit with that pain at times but when you do sit with the pain you you know what that means and you can move forward because if you don't actually go there and allow yourself to go there that presents in sort of chaotic ways in your life you know it'll show up and you'll start boozing a bit too much or you might develop sort of behaviors that will sideline you from this and the behavior becomes the thing that everyone thinks is wrong but it's it's actually you know what you just haven't faced or confronted or acknowledged or dealt with this emotional pain that you're experiencing you're afraid of it um yeah and we all have that yeah and it it's a process but yeah having experienced it you know the kind of other side Mm. when you do sit with it yeah it's so and it's interesting that kind of you know people talk about the release you get from a good cry and actually that physical because you kind of think and and sometimes rarely when I do and you have the like (gasps) and you think actually only baby it's only deemed kind of appropriate for babies to do that sort Mm. of like whole body convulsing yeah Oh, so and cathartic. So cathartic. So I do this piece, okay, where um, I speak about personal leadership. Mm-hmm. And I'd be speaking to a leadership group um, in an organization. And I tell them, which is true, um, that the best leadership characteristics I've observed anywhere is in children. If only they could direct them, yeah, right? Yeah. So you think about a child, okay? They're endlessly curious, unapologetically honest. They say what they mean and they mean what they say. They are super persistent with their goals and resilient to failure. Like how many times do they miss before they put the food in their mouth? Yes. Or how many steps go don't go until they actually have those yeah. first wobbles and, and put one foot in front of the other? But most importantly... They're more emotionally connected than any adult in that they cry when they're sad, they laugh when they're happy. They haven't locked them off. like No. Um, so we would like phrase that as they're just being real or they're so authentic. Mm-hmm. And we then go through a period in our lives, particularly as we are maybe six, seven, eight onwards, where we start to learn social cues 
and uh, our parents meaning well start to teach us these cues as does society and that systematically teaches us that it's not fully okay to show your emotion in this circumstance Um, and we start being told no you can't stop don't do that it's too dangerous they're all protection mechanisms because you want to see this child navigate the world in what is deemed to be a successful way but you get to a point where if it's done poorly you actually block off a lot of the magic that that child has and then as an adult the ultimate mission becomes to reconnect with your authentic self and to express that again Yeah. yeah and to express that again and and it's like mind-blowing when you do when we see someone being vulnerable or stepping into their curiosity and displaying it as as an art piece or as a performance or Mm -hmm. or in whatever whatever way their creativity takes shape or we see someone be willing to be like emotionally vulnerable and if we think about doing that ourselves we think god that that. i could never do that that shows weakness then we see someone doing it and we're like, that is so the most powerful, powerful thing. Yeah. And you have so much respect for someone like that. Mm-hmm. And so it's often the things that we see other people doing and we say, wow, they're, they're all the childhood traits that... that we, l- we unlearn, basically. We unlearn. Yeah. yeah. And then we're scared to step back into because we might actually get to know a bit of our potential. Yeah. Scary stuff. It is scary stuff. <laughs> the thanks that got away Mm. so you know and this could be like big somebody who you didn't get the opportunity to thank who's no longer with us or it could be somebody who you know an inconsequential thank you that you thought oh yeah your man who brought me my wallet back on the bus one day sound (laughs) (laughs) um so the thanks that got away is to a couple actually um they'd be they'd be quite well known in ireland actually um and after i had the accident uh, there was a bit of fundraising Mm -hmm. quite a bit of fundraising going on uh, to just help raise some money to put the basics that i needed in place and as part of it i started speaking and telling people about how i was getting on at these different events and sharing my learnings and um a particular couple um recognized that there was a bit of a skill set there and that i had a capacity to sort of express myself Mm -hmm. and that that needed to be nurtured and so um orla carmody and gavin duffy um they are communications experts in ireland um and orla initially sat down and put a camera in front of me and asked me basic media training but it was so valuable you know Mm -hmm. asked me questions showed me back and I was like wow I don't sound like that do I I don't do that with my face when I speak do I you know basically showed me what I was doing well what what I could improve on okay and then further down the line she was involved as a as a coach in TEDx and she um asked me would I be interested in doing a TEDx and I was going through a rough time and i said no way no way no way and that went on for a while 
And then Gavin, who is quite persuasive, turned up. In touch with his child. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Turned up at my door. And he said, it's important for people to hear this. And he really convinced me of that. And he wouldn't leave, actually, until I recorded an application to do it. And so I have Gavin and Orla to thank for the TED Talk. It's called Fearless Like a Child. Um, That was done in 2014 and really started what has become a, something that I'm very passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, so thanks, Gavin and Orla. Amazing. Mm. I mean, I feel like it was inevitable, actually. Like, it, it, you would have found your way anyway. But it's that moment, isn't it, where somebody goes, I see it in you. I know you know it's there, but this is it. Do it. Yeah, because, look, it's the child thing again. We're not, maybe we have the blinkers on and we're not willing to see it ourselves. This, um, oh, what's the phrase? Uh, willful ignorance. Um, or, or maybe we're just scared of what it could be. Like three primal fears, fear of failure, fear of success. And um, uh, what's the third? I forget the third one. But, Those two are enough. Uh, that's it, covered. <laughs> but yeah, you're you're scared of of the implications of God. What if it goes wrong? But then also scared of, oh God, what if it goes right? And that's the thing. And I think we focus a lot on that fear or people's fear of failure. But actually, I think, you know, when you mentioned it earlier on, the idea of, of your coaching being about helping people to get out of their own way. And... A lot of the time, I think it is a fear of what of what you have inside and of of the power that you possess that mm. actually will potentially isolate you from whether it's a friendship group or will you know expose something about your family or what whatever it might be, and you're afraid to go there for what you might lose off the back of that. Yeah, and it's the sense of if I truly step into that and I own that. Mm my life might actually change a bit. Am I ready? Change is always scary. Yeah. Um, Even if it's good change. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Change is always going to be scary. Um, so, so they're two real driving forces for people. Yeah. Fear of it going wrong and fear of it going right. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're equally as valid. And you can have the two of them at the same time. Yeah. Uh, in so many situations. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The big thank you. So this is kind of, you know, the person or the characteristic event or the thing that you are most profoundly thankful for. 
to be honest, it's absolutely my family. Yeah. It's like mum, dad, Claire and Jean and Poppy. Poppy is the dog. Oh yeah, don't forget. Crucial. Yeah. She would be raging. <laughs> like her ears are perking right now. <laughs> hey Poppy. Hey Pop. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, spark of joy mm-hmm. uh, no Always. genuinely uh, they have just been phenomenal such good influences uh, they're through the good the bad the ugly mm-hmm. they're to celebrate the high points and they're to pick you, to help pick you up when uh, when you're at your lowest or you fall out of your wheelchair mm-hmm. um, <laughs> you know just all that a family is mm-hmm. uh I think you only appreciate it when when you go through the the rough stuff that look every family goes through it yeah. whether we acknowledge it or talk about it or not is um is the thing mm-hmm. but yeah the big thank you goes out to them because they're all class in their own way you know and uh but very open I think and you know even that idea and in that moment where your parents are on their way over to Portugal to you not quite knowing what they're going to, you know, find or what state you're in. Um, and for your dad to, in that moment, say, you know, why not? It's already a kind of sign of his ability to, to help, you know, steer you. And your mum, I mean, your mum is a force of nature, but like that kind of... Yeah, that real openness. I think there's a lot of families who would would hide away. They don't need help. They don't need anything. They don't want to talk about mm. it. There's a slight denial around it, possibly, you know, de- dealing with their own stuff, actually. Oh, yeah, because it brings brings up so much for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something that we have always had is a hugely open communication. Mm. And, you know, the family dinner yeah. is... Uh, surely not for the fifth night this week but you know and you're looking at each other over breakfast putting the cornflakes box in between the two of you like don't don't be looking at me but it's those like bonding moments um and uh that are really important and they build over time and we've always really really valued sort of open communication having the conversations that are so uncomfortable that nobody wants to have like bringing up the resentment or yeah. bringing up the the hurt or celebrating the little victories, whatever it is. Are you the instigator of that? Oh, I think everyone is in their unique way. Okay. And yeah. everyone has a different way of bringing it, yeah. <laughs> as we all know. Um, but look, transparency. Um, Com- open communication, that's it, isn't it? Oh my God, the pain you save yourself yeah. on everybody. If if it's all out, if it's all out on the table, um, because it's the unsaid thing that then builds up and stories develop around it, and and years later, your head is in yeah, you're in a different place in knots, yeah, and you're not being invited to the communion. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah, she was always an asshole. She, she was she was always like that. <laughs> She always had it out Mad for me. about herself. Oh, loves herself to bits. <laughs> and her fella. <laughs> but would you, do you think that closeness, I mean, I suppose when you think of that, that period and your, 
dependency in that period yeah. at a time when you wouldn't have been you know as you said that you know world was your oyster you would have been gone whether that was on a mm. j1 or elsewhere do you think that you'd be as close if this if the accident had never happened okay so we were all always really close and yeah. transparency and openness and lines of communications were always great and i went to a boarding school mm. okay so i'm the eldest and i have two younger sisters um, I went to boarding school and so in some ways I missed all the niggles that happen day to day and so when I went back home um, my relationship with my sisters and mum and dad we would talk very openly and get into the to the the nitty gritty the, the good, good stuff, the good stuff. Um, both positive and negative but I didn't have the sort of, you know, when you see someone every day, the ability to have those, like, to jump in and have the deeper conversations because you're just caught up in passing each other all the time. Yeah. Um, so I had an ability to go past that. But look, a traumatic event in any family does one of two things. It pulls people together or it drives them apart. Yeah. And I have to say, like kudos to mum and dad they created an environment for all of us as hard as it was where where we were brought back together even more and that was tough like that was at a time when there was a lot of people in our lives that we wouldn't have chosen Mm -hmm. to be there retrospectively like we're so thankful that they were and that took a little bit of the burden off us or or helped in certain ways but like we had very little private space and all of those kind of things and uh, the the sense of never having had to ask for anything in your life and and then having to be open to that oh like yeah oh they're they're hard things to wrestle with you know um, and and i'm sure for my sisters like i was the person that they really looked up to yeah and then I was just taken off my perch entirely in their eyes, which was a massive thing for them. And well, from, the invincible big brother. Oh, yeah. And yeah. and then from mum and dad's side, it's you're supposed to be able to fix everything. It's that I sense know. of total helplessness. Mm. Um, so, you know, it was it was tough from everyone's perspective. Yeah. And everyone went through... And, and that's like they are all living their own lives as well amongst that yeah yeah this is not a full-time job yeah, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. know yeah. Um, so there's so much contextual stuff mm-hmm. and I think if more families acknowledge that and were willing to sit around the table and go to those uncomfortable places before it's too late yeah yeah a lot of heartache could be saved yeah yeah. Spuds gravy and a good old chinwag. There you go. <laughs> Basics. <laughs> the gift that we can be a little bit more frivolous with this. Or not. Mm. The gift that you are most grateful for. Like a physical gift. Yeah. Mm. Or like a gift from God. <laughs> uh, do you know what? It's it's moments like this. It's conversations where, just like 
exploring mm. you know yeah it's uh i just think this stuff is so juicy i could sit here all night you know mm. um it's yeah it's moments like this where you really sort of think about what's it all about like what is it all about what's it all about what is it all about and we'll go inside now and have a glass of wine and that'll be great freezer. too yeah it's in the freezer it is Domestic like, goddess. So, oh, I'm enough. Tell them, tell them what's on for dinner. Stop it! Don't out me. It's <laughs> a few cartons of gear. It'll be delicious. It's ready it now, actually. I know. Um, okay, finally, the hashtag blessed moment. That's with a wink. Well, it's actually now that I think about it, it's probably that moment I described on the beach, um, because that moment when I really realised that I was just so content with where I was, who. I, who I was and I like that that image of the sun setting over the breaking waves and looking back down the beach at my footprints mm-hmm. um that's just seared in my head in my memory and I smile every time I think about it um and <laughs> the hashtag blessed thing is so funny because I I think kind of am blessed that I have that as as like a touch point as a a moment to look back on and to be be like there's there's a before there's an after but it adds so much context to everything that's happened um and yeah i think i think that's my moment and also knowing i think there are a lot of people who never you know i guess that what you described is is being fully present that's you mm. sitting and realizing this this is what it's all about, this, that moment of contentment. I think a lot of people chase that in in very different ways. But knowing that that's achievable because you've had it once is actually, like you call it, a touchstone. I think it's like, oh my God, that's what it's about. Though more of those. It's like the adrenaline junkie. Because I I had that before, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, The the whole adrenaline junkie thing when you just want to go back and experience it. Just give me that one more time. Um, yeah, that was like real serenity mm. uh, in that moment. And it was, yeah, as you said, like contentment, yeah. a sense of just total presence and uh, of of just acceptance mm. of yourself. And yeah. You're a wonder. <laughs> as are you. <laughs> Where can everybody find you? You can get me online. The hashtag is... Jack Kavanagh, I or L, mm-hmm. for Ireland. Is that for Ireland? I was going to say, is it in real life? Oh, well, let's kids let's go. Let's go with that. <laughs> it does when it's all written together look like Jack Kavanagh girl. Oh, oh yeah. So I might have to do something about it. <laughs> if you want to really reach out, mm-hmm. it's hello at jack-kavanagh.com. I'd be delighted to hear from you. Brilliant. Thank you so so much. Are you hungry? I'm blessed. (laughs) (laughs) Big thank you to Jack having a girl, as I believe he's now called. Jack is available for speaking engagements and he really 
is quite good at them so check him out jack-kavanagh.com if this has sparked any ideas about what you were thankful for this week drop them to me with a hashtag thanksamilpod or at Angela Scanlon and if this is your first taste of Thanks A Million then subscribe via Apple Podcasts Spotify or on your Google Home or Alexa device it's really very easy go on do it now And if you're loving the show, please write us a review on Apple Podcasts. Every review helps more people find us and some of them, hopefully, will be as lovely as you. Thanks again to Jack and to my producer Matt Hill at Rethink Audio and to you for listening. Thanks a million. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.